All right, I am ready to start broadcast. Are you ready to broadcast? Bro it, bro it up. You ready bro. to broadcast? Yeah, bro you gonna it bro up. hardcore. Bro it up, brosif. Welcome to Game Life Balance US, a lifestyle podcast about how to be a grown-up gamer and still go to work and get sleep. With your hosts Cody Goff, and Jonathan Martin, you're gonna be my meat in my Jonathan sandwich. Check out our website at GameLifeBalance.us, where you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, YouTube, and more. I'm Chris from Nerd Alert News, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the show you're listening to right now, the opinions expressed are those of the individual host. Check out all the other great podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one. So I'm recording what I'm currently saying. Does that mean that we're recording a podcast? I think we. I, is that what we're? I think we are. Hey, uh, this is this is Jonathan Martin, co-host of Game Life Balance US, a podcast about balancing the games. Incredible and life. typing. The incredible typing, John Martin. Well, I'm tr- I'm tr- I don't know what happened when we tried to get connected over the past couple of days to get this podcast going, but as is custom with this show. Uh, Google Hangouts broke in some sort of spectacular new fashion where we could connect, but we couldn't see each other for whatever reason. Who knows why? That we is. could neither see nor hear each no, other. But from but every it, other indicator on Google Hangouts, we were connected and actually recording a podcast. So I don't know what was happening there, but that's just kind of where just kind of where we were at. So um, so and of course, sun, suddenly now it's working again. And neither of us knows what we did to make that happen. We restarted our computers. That fixes everything we, all this we time, power always. power cycled our computers. Right. Okay. And then now everything's working again. So perfect. Let's just hope that it doesn't break in some other, again, spectacular uh, fashion. It's almost like instead of buying the regular edition of Google Hangouts, we were using the collector's edition or the special edition. Do you get where I'm going with this? Yeah, that was I, the beginning of a transition because we're going to be talking about special and collector's editions of video games. And so what I did was I said that we might have been using a Google Hangouts special edition or collector's edition. But that's not a product that exists, which is why it was really funny. It was so funny. It was tremendously funny. Are you done? I don't think anything was funnier. I think we might as well just stop the podcast right now. Why even get into content after that seamless transition? Back to you, John. So I did want to talk about special editions because... Because, wait, because we're doing a segment called what? Current News. That was dramatic. It was dramatic. It was supposed to be. So on Friday, I saw a link to, not a Legend of Zelda link, which maybe we'll talk about today, but like a... That was a pun! A link on, on a website to the announcement of Square Enix's, they're releasing Final Fantasy twelve, like a new updated HD edition of that on, on PS4, and they announced the special edition of that because there's a special edition of every game ever now. Is that kind of how that works? Is there like literally a special edition for every game that ever comes out anymore? I don't think every game, but there's a lot of them. It sure seems like there's a lot. Anyway, so this game is 
was released in 2006 or something like that, 2005. It's forever old. They're doing this HD remaster. And the special, and the special edition was $200 for a game that they are remastering from 2006. And it is $200. So I clicked on it and I said, wait a minute. What could they be giving that would be worth $200 for a remastered game? And what they are giving away in the special edition is the game. And rather than being in a plastic case, it's in a steel case. They're giving away the soundtrack to the game, which is probably easily streamable on YouTube or could even be on Spotify. I don't know. I haven't looked, but I, you could certainly find it on YouTube if you ever wanted to stream it. So they're giving away the, the, the soundtrack. They're giving away the ability to play the original soundtrack of the game in the game as you're playing it. So not like the remastered version that they're coming out with with the game, but the original version of the soundtrack. You can just kind of play that instead. I don't know why you would do that with remastered music, but whatever. They're giving you that ability. Wait, that's not in the regular game? No, apparently it's something you have to pay for. No way. That it's well, unless unless it's free for both editions of the game, the regular and the special edition, it Wait. is it says it is included. It says a code. It, no, it says digital code. Okay, right? Wow. So that and, th- and none of that seems like it's worth an extra $140, which is the difference in price between the $60 version of the game, assuming it's going to be a $60 game, and the $200 special edition. And the the last thing that maybe this is the thing that supposedly puts it over the edge to that $200 price point are some metal busts, like statues, of the judges in the game who are... Some of the most, like, nameless and kind of pointless characters. I mean, they're the villains. They're the villains of the game. You get, like, six busts of these judges in the game, right? And then that's, from what I could tell, that's about it. That's about all you get with this special edition of the game. Five busts, not six, five. five. so, So you don't even get six busts. You get five busts. So I looked at that, and I was like, wait a minute. This is, this is like the most exploitative special edition that maybe I have ever seen <laughs> in a special edition of a game. Because it's giving you a soundtrack that you have easy access to for free. The ability to stream probably a worse version of the music of the game. Which should probably also be included in just the remastered edition of the game. And then, I guess it's got an art book in there too, right? There is a yes. Well, a no, steel. no, no. This the steel box features st- art exclusive to the oh. collector's edition. So it's the steel box with specific art, and then these busts. Which what what are you going to do with? Like what? I don't know. Are people going to come over to our house to our houses and be like that? That is a fine piece of art. Where where did you get that? And you and you're gonna say, I'm well. I'm glad you asked because that came with my two hundred dollars special edition <laughs> of Final Fantasy twelve, a an eleven year old game, and it came with these fine statuesque busts in the special edition. It's just it is ridiculous. So, and and that's the thing is is you know the, I have seen special editions of games 
recently too that have just to me been kind of outrageous like when you and i were looking at uh at preordering our switches and we were looking at um getting getting zelda we were both we were both kind of exploring getting zelda we were looking for there are two different special editions for zelda there's a special edition special edition for zelda and then there's the master edition special edition for zelda and for what i could tell it comes with what like a statue of the master sword Right? That was like the thing that it came with? Yes, the Master Edition. Only the Master Edition. Which, by the way, is only $130. Right. I think that's what it retailed for. So it, double, the co- double the cost of the game. It's hard to know how much it actually is because right now it's going on Amazon for $400. Sure. Well, yeah, you can't get it anymore. We all know that. That's not the point. The point is, is that it was, 130, it was 120 $130, but it came with what? A, it came with like a, a probably an art book. I don't remember exactly what was in there, but it, it was probably an art book and a statue of the Master Sword. Right? You just assume there's an art book. I do because isn't that like the general? That's like the general pack in with special editions. I don't. I can't even see. It doesn't even actually say on GameStop or Amazon's description of the Master Edition. It, it literally what you get in there. doesn't awesome. even say what you get in it. So you have to just look at the picture. So it comes. It doesn't come with an art book. All right. The Master Edition comes with the game, the 24-song soundtrack CD, which is odd to me because from what I can tell from about eight hours of gameplay, there's no music in this game. Okay. At all. I mean, there's like two tracks that I've heard. A Sheikah Eye collectible coin, which has the Z for Zelda on one side and the Sheikah Eye on the other side. Uh-huh. A Nintendo Switch Sheikah Slate carrying case. A Sheikah Slate's an item you use in the game, so it's a it's a carrying case for your Nintendo Switch shaped like the Sheikah Eye. That that is that is a functional, I think, kind of okay pack in. That seems like a good pack in. It does it's not a sixty dollar pack in, but that that seems good. That, that to I me. got. I got well, so I got the special edition, which was I think it was a hundred dollars. Okay. So you're paying forty dollars more and the Sheikah Slate carrying case, let's say twenty. All right, so that's at least half the cost. And then, so for the other twenty, what would come is the soundtrack CD, the Sheikah Eye collectible coin, and a Relic of Hyrule Calamity Ganon tapestry and weather worn map. So Calamity Ganon's the villain in this game. Spoiler, sorry, it's his name. It's there's nothing else that I spoiled, and it's a. I, I should I should ask my fiance to bring it in here, but it's it's a. It's like a poster, basically. It's it's like a poster, you know, like kind of a 10 by 14 or, you know, whatever the standard poster size is or whatever. But it's a really thick material. It's not poster material. It's almost like a, a thick kind of clothy. It, it's a nice material. It's and on, whatever. It's yeah, whatever. on one side, yes. there's a, ma- a weathered looking map of Hyrule. And then on the other side, there's this tapestry they talk about in the game, kind of like the Wind Waker tapestry. And it's kind of cool. I want to I want to put it on my wall somewhere. I just don't know where. So I think that was worth it, too. So for me, that would be like at least a 10 or $15 value. So between just the Sheikah Slate carrying case and the weather-worn map, I think that $100 was worth it. And then if you buy the Master, so that's Special Edition, Master Edition also comes with a Master Sword statue, which I desperately wanted, and which I'll talk about later, how that caused me some issues. But I got the... But but yeah, so Master Sword Statue. So if you assume that's worth about a thirty dollar value, I think one hundred thirty dollars for the the Master Edition 
to get the statue, the switch carrying case, the CD, the map. I think all that stuff. I think that's that's pretty fine. Okay, so let's talk special editions because I have literally never bought a special edition of a game ever. Mostly because I can't see myself. So it seems like most of the time with special editions of games, you the the added value is some sort of collectible figure or figurine or something like that. Something to me that seems relatively not functional and something that I feel like I have kind of moved beyond proudly displaying a piece of kind of, in my opinion, generally poorly made video game swag, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've moved, I've moved beyond that. Like when I have people that come over to, to the house, I'm not interested in having a conversation about, busts of uh judges from final fantasy 12 that are on the mantle above the fireplace one uh because i am assumedly I, I will never be allowed to proudly display those above the fireplace um due to my my wife would most most likely not allow that too i think it seems kind of hokey right so that's kind of like the general added pack-in that you get with um with special editions of stuff and that, to me, just doesn't seem at all worth an extra... Minimum, it seems, $40 to get a special edition. Minimum, it seems like a special edition, you're going to pay at least $100. And more recently, you've been, you know, we've been seeing special editions up to $200 for new special editions of games. Right? So you're talking almost four times, three times the cost of a new game at $60. So it feels like that pack-in would have to be something incredible to me to justify paying for it. But you, on the other hand, you buy plenty of special editions of games, right? I wouldn't say plenty, but I have bought a few in my day. Okay, so what is it? What is it in the special editions of games, then, that convinces you that it is a worthwhile investment for that extra 40 or $60? Do you have any coworkers who decorate their desks with lots of knickknacks from things? They decorate them with pictures of loved ones, generally. Okay, so <clears throat> I don't do that. At my job, on the top little part of my cubicle, I have little statues. I have the one-up mushroom from Mario Brothers, from the Super Mario Mint that you could buy from Hot Topic or whatever. Someone gave them to me. Okay. I have a little plastic Eevee that I got somewhere. That's a Pokemon. I have a couple bobbleheads from Game of Thrones. I have the little robot from Portal. I have a little figurine. So I've got all these nerdy figurines up on the top of my desk. And I also have a couple, like a Final Fantasy, a little bamboo Final Fantasy wall scroll and a little Dragon Ball Z wall scroll. I mean, my desk is nerd central. You walk up to it and it just looks like a geek podcast exploded all over my little desk area and that's how i keep myself sane because if i didn't have that i would just feel like i'm in this sterile lifeless soul-sucking high-rise office environment that would literally cost me my life so so your video game swag that you put in your cubicle is what is keeping you yes it's what's keeping me alive for the most part 
pretty much. And so the and so the special editions of games that give you statues or your amiibos or whatever that is what you decorate your cubicle with. You have a cubicle, right? It's uh, it's an open your office, corner office setup. Your cor- your corner office. It's a, it's an open office setup whatever that means. It's a stupid setup that everyone in Chicago has cuz some idiot 10 years ago said, "Well, we shouldn't have cubicles anymore or walls anymore or privacy anymore. We should just let you be within 3 feet of everyone you work with so you can be constantly interrupted, have no privacy whatsoever, and that'll encourage collaboration." When literally every study has shown that an open office setup is stupid and dumb and i've complained about this at every job i've ever worked but it's the chicago thing it's the open office setup look at me everybody i can turn to my left or right and bother you at any point in the in the day i really really hate open office setups they're so stupid and they're so unproductive and counterproductive and if i had my own office i would get four times more work done than i do but that's fine Chicago, 2017, everybody. You're saying we should be investing in um, in special infrastructure. Of games. We should be investing in infrastructure. In, mm-hmm. Okay, so I um, no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that for other people, it's not just I have an expensive thing. Like when people come to my apartment, I don't have my amiibo all displayed in front of my TV for people to walk up and say, "Oh, look at all the things you've collected." For me, it's just if I have a, a little knickknack here or there. For some people, that's really cool. There are people who do. There's a lot of geek podcasts where, if you look in the background, they've got a whole, they've got shelves and shelves of little stuff like that, and they like to decorate maybe for their show or sure. they like, you know, some people are into the knickknack things. What I don't understand is the art books. I don't think I've ever gotten one in a collector's edition game, but to me, that's completely useless and not a. Th- I. Generally, I'm not interested in any of the concept art or concept drawings. And I remember in Metroid Prime or Metroid Prime 2, when when you got a bunch of stuff in the game, you could unlock concept art at various points in the game. And you could go from the main menu and look at concept art. And it's always these gross sketches that just look unfinished to me. And it's like, I'm not an artist. I'm sure they're fascinating to people that do art. But I, I don't. I'm not one of those people. So for me, I don't care about that stuff. I don't know about how you feel about the art books. See, art books to me at least seem like they are... For, for me, that seems like an appropriate thing to put in a special edition of a game because it kind of shows... That to me feels like this is part of the history of the creation of this game. And if we're going to talk about taking games seriously, taking movies seriously, that kind of thing, um, as as cultural stuff that is worth kind of looking at on a deeper level something like an art book makes sense for a special edition because it's like hey before the game was even created these are the things that the designers of the game the initial drawings of this that they took inspiration from when they were creating the actual game so like this was important to the actual creation of the thing in which you which you are playing Something like a like a dumb tchotchke, like some stupid bust bust of one of the characters of the game. That's completely inconsequential to anything re- regarding that game, other than hey, it's a reference to something you see in the game. It has nothing to do with the, with the previous creation of the game. Um, it doesn't give you any insight into 
like what was going on like during the creation of the game it it seems that seems useless the a statue of the master sword that to me seems totally inconsequential to anything that has to do with the game at least like with the soundtrack you you're you're saying you know you can say to yourself hey this is like like the guy that made the soundtrack of this game that sat down was was analyzing the gameplay and figuring out appropriate things to appropriate music to put into this game like this is this is the culmination of that work right but a stupid statue of the master sword is like oh this is i paid 30 dollars for the company just to i don't know make a a limited supply of this this statue tchotchke thing but i could put it on my desk and it would look cool and then in my peripheral vision when i'm looking at dumb PowerPoint presentations all day and Excel spreadsheets and work stuff, which for many Americans is objectively uninteresting. I would, I would imagine an accountant looking at Excel spreadsheets and numbers all day might like to glance over and see, oh, here's something I'm interested in. And not all people are lucky like you and me. Not everyone has a Casey that they love or I guess a girl of another name, but... Casey's are the best. And so they they may not have those photos to look over at. And so instead they have a Master Sword. And they can say, I played a video game one time, and in my fantasy world, I used this sword to kill bad guys. And that's cool. Let me be clear. I'm not criticizing anybody that, like, your 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 money is your own personal thing to, to say I am going to value whatever I value and I'm going to put a certain amount of money monetary value at that and what you value is will is probably not what I value and that's fine I'm not criticizing those of you that want to I'm not criticizing those of you like those people that want to spend $120 on a special edition or $200 on a special edition it's just from my perspective it seems really exploitative it never seems like a good enough value add to me to to actually get whatever they're giving away ever seems get worth it good to me to get good so the like th- there are there are a couple a couple examples i guess that seem good um the the one that immediately comes to mind is i i think it was this just this past call of duty um this past call of duty that came out advanced warfare also got released it also got released with a remake of Modern Warfare, like the original Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare. Yeah. And when you got the special edition, you got a couple of tchotchke things, like is generally included with the special edition, but you also got the remake of Modern Warfare. And up to, I think, the, up to this point still, it's the only way to get that special edition. And that, to me, seems like an interesting and good added value. Because it's it's another it's another kind of it's a remake of of a game a remaster of a game that you can't get anywhere else you can't play it anywhere else that seems that seems like it actually has some function something that might be worth paying extra money for yeah that that makes sense so to give you some background into what I've bought and my perspective the first collector's edition I got which I have in my hand for those watching on YouTube is a Final Fantasy twelve collector's edition. Somewhat ironic because I ended up liking 12 less than I like other Final Fantasy games, but that's fine. And that came with the game, but it also came with a bonus disc, and the bonus disc was a DVD. With bonus DVD features, there was a, there were developer interviews, 
the history of Final Fantasy featurettes. So there's a 25 or 26 minute kind of, I mean, it's just a history. And it's just some guy with kind of a dry delivery saying Final Fantasy 1 was the first in this series and featured blah, blah, blah. And then it goes Final Fantasy 2. And he kind of walks through the series and talks about the hallmarks of the series. I actually watched it with Casey a a couple weeks ago because we're going to go to a Final Fantasy symphony this, this fall. Or winter or whatever, because they're coming around again. And and I said, yeah, here's a quick overview of the series. And, and it kind of gave us a little bit of insight. And that was really cool. And also, of course, on the DVD has an art gallery, U.S. and Japanese trailers. Now, this came out when I was in college, so probably 2006-ish. 2006, 2000, yeah, well, it came out in March 2006. And YouTube wasn't as pervasive and didn't contain literally everything that's ever been made. So, of course... I couldn't get the DVD to work the other week, so we actually just watched it on YouTube. But back in the day, I look and I say, oh, cool, a DVD about Final Fantasy that kind of talks about the series. That's really cool. It comes with a cool steelbook case. To me, that was worth it. By the way, I lent... How much How much do you think that cost? See, back then... This was, this was 80... I think it was $80, so it was only 20 bucks more. It might have back been 90 then, I don't know. Back then, they used to release special editions on day one at the same price. So you may have actually paid this just the regular same price. That could have been like a pre-order or a day one edition type special edition. Because oh. they did that a lot. That's true. Yeah. So you may not have even had to pay extra for that special edition. That's true. Can I also say I lent... Final Fantasy Twelve to a resident of mine in college. I was, an, I was a resident assistant. I was an RA. I lent it to him, and he gave me back the collector's edition with no instruction booklet. He lost the instruction booklet to the collector's edition. So that sucks. That's a bad look. I'm upset about that. Anyway, anyway so, so how do you feel about that... So that was 10 years ago, 11 years ago, probably when special editions were, I think there were a couple of special editions of games on PlayStation, the original PlayStation, but I don't think that they really started to gain steam until later on in the PlayStation 2's life cycle. And then they really started taking off with uh, the Xbox and the PlayStation 3. So how, like, how do you feel about what that extra stuff in there? The extra stuff in the new special editions? No, no, that in like that in Final Fantasy Twelve Special Edition. Final Fantasy Twelve, I thought was great, and even if I paid eighty, I think I paid more. I think it was eighty bucks or something. Even for that, I, I felt good about it. I felt, I felt, and I yeah. watched the DVD, and I said I got an extra experience out of this, which is cool. Okay, now how do you feel about paying one hundred and twenty dollars for Modern Warfare Two or Three Special Edition, where you got night vision goggles, or you got an <laughs> RC car? some RC car thing that apparently broke relatively quickly after you started using it. And it was like $130 or $140. I'm, like, I'm pretty sure the night vision goggles were actually functional, though. They Well, they were functional, but they were not like a good... From everything that I understand about, they were not like a good set of night vision goggles or anything. Uh. I mean, they were... They, but they, yeah, sure, they were functional. I, I feel some of those things are fine. I think it, it really depends case to case. You know, I was going to get Horizon Zero Dawn before I realized Zelda's out, so why would I? And the Horizon Zero Dawn collector's edition. Special special edition, collector's edition. Uh, collector's edition, which I also don't know how it retails for, how much it retails for, because it's reselling for 180 right now. But I think it was pretty reasonable. I think it was just 100 or something, or 120. But... 
That comes with a steel bookcase, because when you got a steel bookcase, that's that's really pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's a an big exclusive thing. PS4 theme. Which okay, I get it. People like their themes. I I do like to switch up my menu themes. A Karja Storm Ranger outfit in game and Mighty Bow. A Banuk Trailblazer outfit and Banuk Calling Bow. So a couple in game items that are exclusive: the steel book and a nine inch alloy statue by Gentle Giant. And I actually thought to myself, it would actually kind of be cool to have the statue if I really liked the way that it looked. But I looked at a bunch of photos, and I I was like, she looks kind of ugly. Do, does it include the the season pass to any of the DLC of the game? I don't believe so. That is just crazy to me. Like, that is... But there's... That seems... Well, there's DLC. There's DLC, so it's not a season pass. So what turned me off from this is that I don't care about the art book and that I didn't like the statuette. Now, I did get the Final Fantasy XV Deluxe Digital Premium Edition, which cost me $85, so there's an extra 25 But that comes with a season pass. So that means that I get all the DLC included for the next year or whatever it is. And it came, because I pre-ordered it, I, it came with a couple other bonuses. So that I thought was extremely worth it. That seems reasonable if you assume that you're going to be playing all of the DLC to the game. See, that seems reasonable because it's because it generally a season passes anywhere from 25 to $40, depending on the game and the amount of DLC they're going to yeah. be releasing for it. Like, like I said, I'm not going to criticize anybody for placing their own monetary value on on special editions of games on statues on anything i just don't have that value i do not have that um feeling about that kind of stuff as special in special editions of games i just don't like i don't see enough value and it seems like a lot of times the companies are just being very exploitative and and certainly more so recently than before with their special editions. Yeah, I think we should do a lightning round of special editions that are worth it or not. All right, so Zelda Breath of the Wild, $120 for the Master Sword statue, all that stuff. I say worth it. What do you think? I don't think so. For you. For you, you wouldn't pay that. No. Okay. Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age game with the exclusive Judge Magister's mini bust set. <laughs> $200 for five mini busts. Of characters, what are, they ma- are they made out of gold? Are they solid gold? What are I they? I don't know. It just says mini bust set. They are the and like you said, they are the least consequential or memorable characters, perhaps in Final Fantasy history. I say not really worth it. No, not worth it. Okay, video game collectors editions. Okay, the Final Fantasy fifteen. Actually, there was a. a there was like the collectors collectors edition. Yeah, there was a there was the ultimate collectors edition for PS4 $270. Oh my god. Comes with a hardcover 192 page art book. Okay. The exclusive steel book, the Brotherhood Wait, what's the exclusive steel book? What is that? Oh, Brotherhood is the well, the steel book is the is the DVD case that's made of steel. So it has an exclusive steel book with Brotherhood and a special soundtrack. Brotherhood is the anime, I guess. It, it came okay, with the, which you can get for free, right? I watched on YouTube for free. Okay, exclusive play arts Kai Noctis. So you get Noctis, the main character's statue. 
Okay. An exclusive steelbook with Kingsglaive, the movie, which was barely watchable. Okay. Although I will say Ultros is in it, and he's a giant monster, and there's like a 10-minute action scene with Ultros, and it's one of the coolest action scenes Square Enix has created. So I would watch that. Okay, that's It's really cool. cool. You should you should watch that scene. Final Fantasy 15 game. Three pieces of bonus content. The Royal Raymond outfit. The Moon weapon from Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 15 edition. And the recolor, the Platinum Leviathan regalia car skin. Because you can... So a couple of things in-game. You in can game. customize your car. And four in-game item packs. A travel pack, a camera kit, an angler set and a Gourmand set. Only 30000 available worldwide. $270. Worth it or not? So the actual physical goods that you get from there are an art book, a statue. Mm-hmm. Two steel books and containing Kingsglaive, the Brotherhood anime, a special soundtrack, but th- and the things Final that those, But those are available online? Well, Brotherhood, you have to watch... I th- Brotherhood, I don't think you can find as easily or legally, but... That yeah. seems not worth it. $270. Isn't that the, the price of that's a... That's almost the price... That's almost the price of a console. Isn't that the price of a Switch? I think a Switch is 300 Is it? Yeah. I don't even remember. I just pre-ordered it as soon as it was Three, available. It's 300 It's 300 Is it? Checked. So that seems, that seems not worth it to me. I don't know about you. Uh, no, not worth it. Even remotely. Even a little bit. Okay, let's do let's do one more another uh relatively recent, I don't know, let's say let's say another recent big game that came out. Let's say um oh, what were some recent releases were big? I don't know. Pre-orders this is also becoming a problem by the way because Final Fantasy 15, if you pre-ordered it from GameStop, it was the only retailer you get this exclusive game. You would get a download code for an exclusive game exclusive to GameStop. Some side story, 16-bit JRPG spinoff to Kingsglaive. It is now free on the PlayStation Store and the Microsoft Store. So really what you ended up actually paying for, you were paying for the first... For early access. You're paying for like the first access. So you you talked about the Modern Warfare that you could only get that version by by getting that special edition. Yeah, that's not what GameStop did. And 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 at no point did anyone indicate you would ever be able to get this game outside of the GameStop pre-order. So part of my agonizing about where to order Final Fantasy 15 from because every retailer had a completely different pre-order bonus. I'm sure some collectors purchased multiple copies of the game just to get pre-order bonuses. I I'm 100% sure. I'm sure that happened. That was part of my agonizing process, and then literally four months later, it's three months later, it's free. Just oh hey, now you can get this online for free for nothing. It's totally oh, okay. Here's yeah, I don't know. Here's 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 one. We'll do one more. It's Gears Gears of War four. Just recently came out. So Gears of War four spe- special edition. It's two hundred and fifty dollars. Wow. You get the game. You get premium packaging around the game. It's like a very it's a very big box. Ooh, uh, it looks not. It looks nice. Premium packaging. You get a statue of the main character riding a motorcycle. You get a frag grenade keychain, and you get a lithograph from the game. That's it. That's not it. That. That's it. So basically, you're paying for the statue. It's a. I mean, it's a statue. It is a statue. 
No, well, you got a keychain too. You can carry that around anywhere. No, no, no. But the, the, if you go into GameStop now, they're starting to cater to the high-end collectible crowd, and you can buy, you know, a statue of Link from Play Arts or whatever that's $150. Sure. So any, anyway, like uh, for me, it's probably not worth. This one's not worth. It. No, God, no. who wants a statue it. of a guy from Gears of War? They're all hideous. Yeah. So anyway, I just I feel like it's it's been getting. And and you know this could eventually this could eventually lead to a different conversation about video games. Uh, the the conversation that has come up a couple of times in podcasts that I listen to about video games maybe just don't cost enough. They don't cost as much as they should anymore. Um, you know we've had a sixty dollar price point on video games for ten years, and obviously inflation has happened. Like video games probably and when we were kids, video games used to cost seventy, eighty, sometimes ninety dollars right mm-hmm. for cartridge games and that's that's even more money in today's money like you're talking about probably like with if you adjust for inflation that's probably 100 110 120 dollars for new games back then so and games are only more expensive to make than they used to be so maybe video games need to cost more in order to kind of pay for the salaries of the people involved pay for all of the costs involved with making the games maybe that's a conversation worth having at some point but the because they don't do that because video games don't cost more money it by having these to me seemingly extravagant exploitative costing special editions of games just kind of is a bad look it looks gross to me as like the average video game consumer one that doesn't place any value in any of in most of the things that are in these special editions and it seems like it's only getting worse so i would rather see less of these and maybe like a $10 increase on the price of games and be okay with that. I wish there were statistics regarding how many collectors there are. I wish there was some kind of study or research that would say X percent of gamers are collectors or to what level they're collectors and things like that. Because I, I just, I have no idea how many people are collectors. Because a lot of these, they call... Let me, let me ask you a question as somebody who does like some of these statues. Like, like you, you do place some value on some of these, like, statues and other little tchotchkes that are in some of these special editions. Do you, when you are looking to buy a game, uh, a game that you are invested in or of a franchise that you are invested in, so, like, when you were looking at Zelda... Did you initially, when you very first went to go look at the game, did you look for the special edition or did you let that kind of advertising come to you? Did that get put in front of you and then you looked at it and said, oh, there's actually some stuff in here that I want? Or do you, as somebody who likes some of that stuff, go out intentionally before you even know anything and look for the special edition? When a new game is announced, the first thing I do is search for pre-order bonuses. So... When I knew Final Fantasy XV was coming out around November, when they had announced the release date, the first thing I did was Google Final Fantasy XV pre-order bonus. So then I looked at that. Then when I'm on the product page, because they're all related products, then when I go and I look at Amazon or GameStop, and usually in Google search results, there will be special edition, collector's edition of whatever. I always look at it to see what's included and then see if I want it. So when I looked at the Zelda special edition, it said comes with a carrying case for the Nintendo Switch. Done. I need a carrying case anyway because it's a portable thing that you're going to carry around. That's the whole point of having the console. Like it's it's not one of those. 
it's not one of those things you don't need, but you say you need. No, it. it's a functional. It's a functional. Pair and it's of a thing. And it's a thing that you do need to carry around the console. So sure. I needed that, and I wanted the Master Sword thing because I go, oh, that looks cool. I would love to have that on my desk at work or even at home, and you know, it's not exorbitant. If it was two hundred sixty dollars, if it was the price of a a gearhead on a motorcycle, then no. But for one hundred twenty, I thought that was or one hundred thirty. I thought that was very reasonable. So that's what I do. I, I I search for pre-order bonuses, and then and now Amazon's got you know throws a a complication into that because Amazon, if you pre-order a game, you save twenty percent. That's usually twelve bucks. Right. So now I have to look at all right, cool. GameStop has this exclusive bonus. So if I pre-order from them, I'll get this exclusive item. But do I want the item more than saving twelve dollars at Amazon? And Often the answer is no. I want to just save twelve dollars, but right, you know, I I don't know. So that's that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with that. I, so I, I don't know if that answers your question. I, I always it's interesting. Look. We have I think we have pretty opposed views on pre, on like pre order bonuses and special editions because generally I would say ninety not for me ninety nine point nine percent of the time they're not worth it. And it sounds like for the franchises that you care about. You almost always get some sort of special edition or pre-order bonus or early, early type thing. No, with it. I always look. I didn't get the. I didn't get a special edition for Final Fantasy Thirteen. I always look. I didn't get it for Final Fantasy Thirteen. I didn't get it for any of the Wii U games. I mean, they were the Nintendo doesn't offer a lot of them, and when they do, they're in such short quantity that they're nearly impossible to get. So, right. I think it doesn't apply to me in that way. So I don't know if it's fair to say that I always look. I mean, yeah, the franchises I'm into, Ninja Gaiden, that they don't really offer. I don't think they offered special editions. What other games do I have? Let me look. Hold on. What else do I have over here? Come on. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's but just, see, I don't think there was. I don't think there was a special edition of of like that game. Nah. So like, I don't think there was a special edition of Pokemon. So I, I, yeah, I think I always look. But there, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of times I look and I'm. I just say this is not worth it to me. So I don't think they're that opposed. Is what item would you pay for a special edition? What if you? If, I mean, if you just even if it doesn't exist right now, if you, there was a game you were hype about and it said, "Oh, this is actually ninety nine dollars instead of fifty nine dollars," what would you look at it and say, "Oh, this is a cool thing that would totally make it worth it"? Hmm. Another. So I think an extra game included of some kind. That was exclusive to the, that was exclusive to the, um, t- to the special edition of whatever game I was buying. Mm-hmm. Um, the the season pass included in the special edition. I think that that's a decent value add. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I guess artwork from the game, but I don't know what I would do with a with a book. But and I certainly wouldn't. It would have to be much much more than just that. But that would be something that I I would say might be worth having. Maybe the soundtrack. So those kind of things are just still just maybes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like generally, generally not much. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I do have to say one other thing. I think that it is a perk to be able to listen to the original music from a Final Fantasy game because all of the Steam remakes and ports and special editions, the Final Fantasy X and X-2 Remastered, the music to me sounds like garbage. 
and maybe that's because I'm used to the original version of it. But yeah, that could be. I, I can't stand it. I can't like I can't even listen to it. So that sucks. I don't know how much of it is just you're used to the original version or this the remastered version is objectively bad. But like I will never play the 10 or 10 2 remastered edition unless I have some way to listen to the original soundtrack because to me it's unlistenable too. Like I can't even. I mean the voice acting is questionable enough as it is, especially at times. So throw the music on top of that and. Yeah, it gets a little hairy. Sure. Okay. Well, I think that's pretty much all I got. Special edition. That was a that's... good discussion that went way longer than I anticipated. Yeah, I always do. <laughs> all right. Well, that does transition us. There's a seamless transition here into the other segment that we do every week, which is where John and I talk about kind of how we're doing with our game life balance, balancing our hobbies with our responsibilities of being the, the balancing. It's called balancing act. So we got The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And a Nintendo Switch. And a Nintendo Switch. Here's, and this actually transitions into our pre-order conversation. I wanted that Master Edition badly. Mm -hmm. I really wanted that Master Sword statue. Because you really wanted that Master Sword statue. As you know, being a Nintendo Special Edition, they made four copies. Maybe, Maybe five worldwide. There were not many. So they made four copies, and... I refused to pre-order the game unless I could get a Master Edition. That didn't happen. That continued to not happen. I did not have the Nintendo Switch's release date on my calendar. Okay. The day before the Nintendo Switch came out, my friend chatted me and said, Hey, are you excited about Zelda tomorrow? And I realized I you didn't don't have a, have a pre-order of this game. I also realized that I really, in lieu of the Master Edition, I wanted the Special Edition for all the aforementioned reasons, primarily the carrying case, the functional carrying sure. case. And actually, my my fiancé loves maps, and so do I. So the map is actually a good bonus for both of us. She actually really liked the map that came okay. with it. So, of course, everyone is out of stock. Amazon, GameStop, whatever. Well, of course There was one retailer that had just gotten some shipment of Special Edition in stock, Walmart. Okay, fine. They're not my favorite corporation, but that's fine. I will suck it up. But damn it, you needed that special edition. Damn it, I needed that special edition. I pre I I ordered it. Well, I pre-ordered it the day before, but the soonest they could ship it was basically the next week. So I got my Switch on Friday, and the estimated arrival date for Zelda was the following Friday. Okay, and that's a long time. That sucks. So I got home. I set up my Switch. I plugged it in. There's nothing. You looked at those menus. There's nothing at launch. <laughs> There's Zelda. Then the eShop, the Switch eShop, literally, John, literally had eight games. That's not many. Literally eight games. Do you know how many of those games came with a demo? How many? One. That's not many. So if you didn't own a game, there was one demo you could play, and it looked dumb, and I didn't want to play it. <laughs> So I didn't. Okay. So you, I couldn't watch Netflix. I uh-huh. couldn't do any. There are no apps for there it. There are no apps for it. Yeah, there's no apps for it, which is kind of an interesting thing, too. Nothing. It was barren. The only thing I considered doing was getting I Am Setsuna, which is download only. It's a role-playing game, kind of like Chrono Trigger. I've thought about playing. Did you get that, Cam? Also available on Steam. I did, I did not get it yet. The reason I didn't get it is because it's $40 on the Switch, 
And, on and it's like 27 on, on Steam well, a lot of the time. I think it's 30 or 40 now, but yeah, I'll be able to get it on sale for 20 at some point. Right. And am I going to buy and download a role-playing game a week before I get Zelda? Probably not. Mm, probably not. No. So that was that was an excruciating four days where I just... And it, so it actually ended up arriving Wednesday, which was fantastic. I put up a couple unboxing videos on my Instagram. I don't know if you saw those. I did not. They were really funny. I did. I did. They were good. All right. I might put them on YouTube. I might just put them together because I have a Switch unboxing and I have a Zelda unboxing. So I might put them on our YouTube channel. Yeah, they're good. But um, anyway, so I... I I'm in the midst of, I'm in the thick of wedding planning, which I won't get into, but as you know, that's rather time consuming. Mm -hmm. So I haven't played much of Zelda, maybe six or eight hours in the four or five days since I got it. It's a decent amount, but not as much as I'd like. So I I would rate myself at probably a seven. Considering I have a brand new console and a brand new Zelda game, and I've only played a handful of hours, I I would give myself between a 6 or a 7 out of 10 in terms of how satisfied I am with the video games I've been playing. After this, I've got to go to the radio station in two hours, so I may be able to play for an hour or two at the most now, but... Just bring the Switch with you. That's true. I could actually bring the Switch. I'm reluctant to bring it on the train certain times and places... It's safe, and during rush hour, it's it's really busy. But like on, in the morning, I never get a seat, so I'm not going to stand and play my switch. Yeah, it's reasonable. But I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring it to work Monday, and on the way home, I almost always get a seat. And if I can get a seat, then I'll bust it out and I might play it on on the way home. But my my ride's only about a half hour at the most, like twenty that's to thirty minutes. Of, that's amazing, a good amount of time. Yeah, it's it's enough. But how about you? So I, I have been playing uh, Final Fantasy VII again. Um, I I had it in my mind last year to like play through all the Final Fantasy games again before 15 came out. Obviously, I didn't get that done. I really didn't. I played through like four, like, just Final Fantasy four again. Um, so I finally I finally started seven again. I've been playing, you know, an hour to two hours a day ish, kind of the general my kind of general amount of of time, um, and it's been good. I've been doing it on a consistent basis. I've been making a lot of progress. Like I'm almost towards the end of what would be the first disc in the PlayStation version of the game. And I, it's been a really long time since I've actually played through the game again, like a really long time. And I realized that, you know, we, we started when I came to visit you that one time, a couple of years ago, and that was years ago. And we only got to the, the, we'll say the middle of the first of three discs. Didn't pick it up again after that. Um, And so now that I'm towards the end of the first disc, I, I kind of remembered just how crazy good of a game it is. It's, it, and it holds up. Like, it doesn't hold up graphically at all. It looks like garbage, but in terms of in terms of kind of how it's structured and stuff, it's still really good. And I will say that there are some things about it playing it again now, with all of the context of all of the games that have come out since the last time that I played it. Man, its translation is awful. It's like really bad. And I didn't realize just how bad it was until I started talking to like all of the NPCs in the game. But it's really bad. So. It's been kind of interesting to see that with more context now of other games and say, wow, there's like a lot of really bad stuff in this game. Just not well done. What would mean? But it was the. Oh, I was going to say, are you going to pre-order? Are you going to get the remake, do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll definitely get the remake. What would make you get the special edition of the remake? I don't know. I, I'll, I would know it if I saw it. What if it came with a bust of Boonavelza? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be. I would. I would probably pre-order today 
today. I would pre-order that. Based on the Final Fantasy XII Collector's Edition, I could see the Seven Collector's Edition coming with the Midgar Worm bust. Or just some other totally un- inconsequential... Like, it'll come with Vincent's Coffin. You know? Something dumb. Some I agree. dumb, I don't even know. So, that's... So, I, w- I would rate myself like an 8 or 9. Because I have been able to both continue to do all of my normal stuff and have a good week and everything, and then also play quite a bit of Final Fantasy VII. So it's been good. Good for you. Do you do the weapons? Do you do the weapon fights? It's. I mean, it's the first time I've played it in a really long time, so I don't know what I'm going to do when I get to that point. But do you typically... I'll let you know. Do you fight Emerald and Ruby weapon? I think I've only done it once. Okay. I've only done the full 100% of the game a single time, I think. Okay. So I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, it involves a lot of chocobo racing. Do you like that? I don't remember if I like it. It's been a really long time. No. Oh, all right. Um, can I say one more thing about the Switch before we wrap? Sure. I'm extremely disappointed with the Joy-Cons. The con- really? So the Joy-Cons are the controllers. You get yep. two, basically, one left, one... A left, a left and a right. Yeah. They are, they're, they're shockingly comfortable. When I first held it in my hand, I thought to myself, these are so small. Okay. This is going to be so uncomfortable. But, John, honestly, it's an ex- I don't know how they did it or why, but it's an extremely comfortable controller despite really small buttons. So that's really good. So they, Yeah, that's really good. The left Joy-Con constantly screws up. Are you experiencing that drop, that dropping of connection? It doesn't drop, but it lags or delays. So I'll be in a dungeon and I'll hold up for three seconds and he won't move up. And so I'll kind of shake it a little bit, then I'll run around a yeah, bit. That's a, yeah, that's a pretty common complaint. Yeah, I guess with Nintendo was going to address it in the first patch. It hasn't really been addressed. And some of their official advice is get it away from wireless devices. My living room, not even, is, from, well, I mean, not even from neighbors in Chicago. My living room, I've got my wireless mouse and keyboard right in front of me on the coffee table. Yeah. The router is within a foot of the switch. There's nowhere else for me to put it. My... Just everything. There, there's there's eight, you know, and I've got two cell phones because one's for work, and I've got my diabetes monitor thing, which is also wireless. I mean, I have literally nine wireless devices within. Everybody's five everybody's got twenty wireless devices in their house now. Yeah. So like it's that's a that's an unreasonable ask of people to get things away from wireless devices. Right, and none of my devices have interference issues. Not a single one, except for the left Joy-Con. So. Right. There were some times last night I'm running around a dungeon. I go, oh, cool. I figured out this puzzle. All I have to do is jump over here, and I would just run off a ledge in the opposite direction I'm even telling my guy to go. Sounds really frustrating. It's extremely frustrating. It hasn't ruined the Zelda experience for me, but I did get to a point last night where I I literally almost said, I'm just going to stop playing and play Final Fantasy XIV. I was so frustrated. And the, the Switch Pro Controller is $80 from what I've seen online. So it's very expensive. I've heard that one maintains the connection better, but now I have to go spend almost $100 so I can actually play. I'm not... It, that's been extremely frustrating. Breath of the Wild, I will say, is easily the best Zelda game I've ever played and is just amazing. But God, those they got to release a firmware update soon. I'm sure they're working on it. Yeah. So that's my initial review of the Switch. We'll talk more later. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about Zelda and the Switch a little more later. Yeah. We are members of a podcast collective known as the Gonna Geek Network. Um, we have a bunch of different geeky podcasts on there for all different types of genres. 
uh, and shows, things like that. So just a couple of things to keep on your radar of um, of some of the stuff that we've got going on on the network. Uh, uh, I'm, I'll read the, the copies of um, just what the shows are about. So just the general promo reads. So um, one of the shows that we have on there um, is Better Podcasting. You've talked about it a couple times, but it's a it's a show on how to podcast run by... Um, it's run by uh, Stargate Pioneer and the kind of the creator of the network, Stephen John Drew. So on Better Podcasting, Stargate Pioneer and Stephen John Drew share podcasting tips, tricks, and other podcast-related information with the goal of helping hobbyist podcasters like us make their show the best it can be. If you're making a podcast, there's a ton of advice to be had in Better Podcasting. Um, and then another one that we've got is, uh, is Crimson Comet. Crimson Comet is a podcast about the TV show dedicated to the Scarlet Speedster himself, The Flash. Um, join hosts Haley, John, and Will each week as they discuss the latest episode and anything that wanders into their field of vision. Yeah, check those out. And then we've got we've got some other specific show-related podcasts as well. So, uh, yeah, check them out at goodandgeeknetwork.com. Or it's goodandgeek.com. Goodandgeek.com. Or verifiedcodygoff.com. That also goes there, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that goes yeah, there. Because I'm verified on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, I ran a Twitter poll before this episode to say... Before recording, what do you think of special deluxe collector's editions? We had eight votes. One person said, yes, usually worth it. One person, two, three people said, sometimes worth it. Three people said, not usually worth it. And one person said, never worth it. So we literally split 50-50. On, it's interesting. Yeah, exactly down the line. Three said, usually yes. Three said, usually no. One said, never. One said, always. So, yeah, crazy Crazy. Based on those eight people, I think that accurately represents all of America and the two all of, of America. us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You're in a never worth it. I'm in a sometimes. So anyway. Yeah, that was uh, – there's a little Twitter poll. Follow me at producer Cody. Follow Cody follow, – I'm Cody. Follow John at Eat Play Game. And those are things you can do where we talk about games and stuff. And John retweets funny things, which I like. I do retweet a lot. Yeah, they're funny. So thank you for listening to the Game Life Balance U.S. podcast. This is the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. There's an Australian edition. I'll get to that. Please, if you enjoyed this at all, just like, share, comment, subscribe, do anything. It it actually does help us a lot, and it informs us that people know we exist. And then leave us a review if you really, really want to make our day. Love those iTunes reviews. You can find us on the Gunna Geek Network, as John mentioned, at GunnaGeek.com. Or we're also distributed on WGN Radio at WGNRadio.com. You can learn more about Game Life Balance, including contact information and links to our sister show in Australia at GameLifeBalance.us. I did just make a WordPress update yesterday, and our our podcast player looks a little wonky right now. So uh, if, if the site looks kind of strange... I apologize. We're work. I'm I'm working on it. Also, if you pull us up on mobile, just tap view full site, and you'll see the, our full site with full functionality. Sometimes, if you go to gamelifebalance.us, it doesn't redirect to our full mobile experience, but gives you kind of a a, a shell page. So, um, couple website quirks right now, but I'm working on them. I should let you get to your screaming child. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go take care of him. <laughs> That's good. The joys of parenting. Maybe we'll do that next time. Yeah, he's a goof. He's a goofball. Well then, good evening to you all. It's morning. It's day. It's morning. God, I hate daylight savings time so much. (laughs) 